What's up, family practitioner? Is that you, Bugs? Uh, don't say it. We'll get sued. Then who are you? It's me, Leon Lapis from, you know, uh, uh, deranged drawings. Oh, okay, cool. What do you want? It seems you were pretty disappointed by Space Jam and New Legacy. Yeah, I just, I feel like given the run-up they had to do it- Well, how would you like to come star in your own version instead? I'm not interested in that at all. Not even if I introduce you to all my wacky friends? No. Can you, can you just, like, leave me alone? Sure, right after you say hi to- Hi, Cohen, it's me, Goofy Goose. I'm a goose, who's also kind of goofy. I also bear no resemblance to my Warner Brothers counterpart in a court of law. No, I, I'm not feeling this. Not even if I say my catchphrase? Well, who are you, and what's your catchphrase? Actually, you know what, I, I don't even care. I'm Cranky Cat, and I say, hello, I'm Cranky Cat. I sure am cranky. Oh my god, you people are the worst cartoons. Oh, don't be like that, Cohen. Who the fuck are you? It's your old pal, Portly Porcine. Come join our wacky cartoon adventure to save the world. Oh my god, this all sounds like a terrible idea. I'm, I'm having no part of it, honestly. Folks, what you've just heard is a reenactment of when cartoon characters try to interact with humans who can't really act. What the fuck did you just say about me, Neff? So, we here at Bad With Numbers are making a plea to all those out there in Hollywood. I'm a way better actor than any of you chumps! Please, if you have any idea for a movie featuring loony animated characters interacting with regular human non-actor folk, just leave it be. This is absolute bullshit! And this applies doubly if that movie has a sporting personality with zero screen presence in its lead. So really, if you're no longer willing to settle for movies as pointless as this opening sketch has turned out to be, join us in saying no to Space Jam, A New Legacy. No! no. I should have said no to being on this podcast. So, like, what lengths would you guys be willing to go to to avoid talking about this movie for the next 90 minutes? I would rather just talk about the first one. Mm. I would honestly just reenact the whole first movie. I mean, I haven't seen that first movie in, like, 20-odd years, so if you want to give me a little fucking refresher, a little fucking Playhouse <laughs> Theater refresher, I'll happily sit and watch you do that. So the movie opens with <laughs> Michael Jordan as a young boy. Ooh, enthralled. <laughs> Keep on going. He's playing basketball in the backyard. Sound effects. How does, how does the ball sound? <laughs> Can cue the R. Kelly. The R. Kelly, yeah. Don't cue the R. Kelly. <laughs> Put oh, the no. R. Kelly far, far away from anything. Can we do a cover of R. Kelly then? Like somebody else do it. I mean, did R. Kelly actually write I Believe I Can Fly? He, I mean, I know he performed it, but did he actually write it? Because if he didn't write it... And anybody can fuck... Oh my god, I can hear typing already. <laughs> anybody can do a cover, right? But um, 
But if he wrote that song, then I would say doing a cover of it is also not fucking cool. I think that's fair. It was written by Robert Kelly. <laughs> I mean, that could be a different R. Kelly. When I click it, it takes me to the Wikipedia article for R. Kelly. <laughs> it could be a misdirect. Wikipedia is not always 100% accurate. There are ghost writers all the time. In 2002, he was indicted on 13 counts of child pornography. <laughs> well, okay, I'm guessing it might be the same R. Kelly. Whoa. So hopefully he's in jail. He's in jail, right? Because that's where he should be. He's, um, I think he's he's awaiting to go to jail because there's like, just, I mean, even this week, there was just a whole bunch of fucking new charges levied against him. Fuck him. We don't need to spend any more time talking about R. Kelly on this show. No, I agree. So R. Kelly oh, plays geez. Michael <laughs> Jordan shooting hoops in the back. Jesus. <laughs> okay, but okay, going back to that's main topic. I mean, this is like the perfect movie after you watch it. Like you go to a diner and you're like, let's go. Let's just talk about this movie and get it all out because it's clear it's like when we watched ready player one and i was yeah. like let's just talk about how much we dislike this movie and like i think yeah <laughs> it's we all walked out of the theater and we're like <laughs> like just you know we all had pent-up rage i mean i'm gonna disagree with you there roddy i'm gonna be contrarian to what you're saying and probably also <gasps> fucking blow apart any chance that people will continue listening to this podcast after i say it but i genuinely don't think there's much to talk about about this fucking movie certainly not things that happen in the movie i think there's a whole sphere of stuff to talk about around the making of this movie and the the kind of cynical nature of this movie but in terms of actual things that happen in this movie there ain't a whole lot going on here. This is barely a fucking movie. <laughs> you just have to know where to pick and point because I feel like I could talk at length about like just a general discussion of would you trust a friend that if you gave them your Game Boy and they threw it out, would you still be friends with them? <laughs> like I could like it's like a conversation about friendship. Right. Number See? one on this movie's rap sheet of offenses is criminal neglect of a fucking Nintendo Game Boy. It's it's yes. very traumatizing to see a child throw a Game Boy in the trash. That wasn't his Game Boy, was it? No, it that's the worst part. It was a gift. It was a gift from his friend. Okay. Yeah, yeah that is that is bad. He could have just he could have just said, "Bro, I, I don't want it anymore. Take it back." Donated it to charity or something. He could have paid it forward and given it to someone else. I remember when I was a kid, I had a Game Boy and um I got so mad at losing at Mario Kart that I spiked it oh. into my cement floor and it did this thing where it imploded the screen and it had this star kind of um, like power up? pattern okay. on it. Yeah, it was really strange. It was, But it's like a black hole and all of these stars were coming out of it. And I remember panicking because my mom had bought that for me, you know, a couple of holidays ago. And I just couldn't believe that, you know, because I could do that all the time. Nintendo is built <laughs> to be busted. Mm -hmm. But I did it, and that was the worst thing ever. And I have always taken care of my things afterwards because my I showed my mom I'm bawling. I'm like I broke my keyboard. She's okay. <laughs> Buy a new one. You have to save up. I'm not getting you a replacement. Mm. But the guilt, the guilt, because I knew my mom had worked for that and she had hunted one down for me, and I just spiked it into the cement. Not gonna lie, a little disappointed that story didn't end with you somehow getting warped into Mario Kart and becoming the reigning fucking champion of Rainbow Road. I know. How did, who's to say that she didn't? She just doesn't remember it. She said stars and like implosions, so I'm sure she went. It. She just can't recall it because I guess in that universe, your mind is like kind of erased. Not mind. Your memories are. So there you go. <laughs> Welcome to Bad With Numbers, a podcast where we talk about terrible sequels. I am Neff, joined as always by Laura. Hi. 
Roddy. Ayo. Megan. Hey. And joined this week also by our returning NBA champion, Mr. Cone Burry. Heyo. Thanks for being here, man. No worries. Thanks for having me on. This was another one I relentlessly emailed you about. Uh, I wouldn't stop sending handwritten letters. Um, I know. I just, <laughs> bouquets of flowers. Yeah, yeah. Just please. Chocolates. Just please have me on. The movie we're talking about this week, in case you hadn't already figured it out by reading the episode title when you downloaded the episode, is Space Jam, A New Legacy from the year uh, 2021. Hey, that's today. Um, directed by Malcolm D. Lee. What else has Malcolm D. Lee done? He uh, he made Girls Trip, which is oh, a great nice. movie. Oh, Okay. Uh, the I love the that movie, movie that basically made a star of Tiffany Haddish. That film's kind of fucking hilarious. It is. Uh, he made the best man movies. He made Undercover Brother, which I have a very soft oh, spot for. I love that movie. Partly because it was filmed here in Toronto, but also because it's kind of fucking hilarious. But then he also made Scary Movie 5. So what? it kind of balances <laughs> out a little bit, right? Oh. <laughs> Oy. Yeah, I mean, you like Cohen said, this one, we put this one on the docket a long time ago. And in the run up to the epi- to the movie coming out, it was kind of like the reviews started coming in and some of them were pretty positive. And I was kind of thinking, oh, fuck, have we kind of shot ourselves in the foot here by picking a movie that's actually really good? Mm. And now we're just going to sound like fucking assholes dragging on it for 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, it didn't play out that way. The reviews kind of bounced <laughs> out and this thing is rocking like 30% on Rotten tomatoes or something now i don't know and also the movie's kind of terrible but um yep yeah uh you what are you guys experiences with space jam i mean i i guess i'll start i i i just space jam was like was like the movie that i had on vhs that's just on repeat in the vcr when i was a little kid i mean the, the movie would end i believe r kelly would start playing again and then i'd hit the rewind button take it right back to the beginning and then <laughs> listen to quad city dj's space jam theme while rocking out in my living room. Nice. So this basically for you was basically what Ghostbusters was for me, if you want to put a fucking massive wedge between our ages. But that was basically my experience with Ghostbusters on VHS when I was a kid. Yeah, it was it was my everything growing up. Like, honestly, I wanted to be a basketball player when I was a kid. And then uh, I realized I had no talent and I liked to do other things. I, I didn't like to do things I was bad at, so I'd stop playing basketball. Or stop trying. Wait, but Cohen, you're also a gamer, so did the plot of this movie resonate with you in that respect? Not really. <laughs> because the kid in this movie's a gamer that his dad wants him to be a fucking basketball player. I mean, it's basically to- just the plot from High School Musical where Zac Efron's dad wants him to be a <laughs> basketball player, but he's like, I just want to dance. <laughs> um, how about the rest of you guys? I watched the first one like two days ago. And I still had the theme song stuck in my head because, like, I didn't really care too much about the movie, but I was like, this song's awesome. Right? It's so hype. But, like, with the visuals and everything, yes. oh, it just gets me yes. going. Like, if, if I'm ever, like, if I ever become, like, a professional fighter or something, that's going to be, like, my walk-on song. Like, yeah. that's going to be my, my entrance. Oh, I just remember nothing from this movie. Like, I feel like as a kid, it was on, but for some... When did Scream come out? Uh, 96, same year as the first Space Jam. <laughs> wow, I was a weird kid. I remember more of Scream than Space Jam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, I knew of Space Jam, but until I met Cohen, it wasn't such a staple in my life. Like, <laughs> we, um... Yeah, Cohen is a DJ. We, we've talked about this before but all of his sets end with some form of mashup of the quad city djs <laughs> and something else so um he will play uh one of the the toronto festivals of anime north and will cosplay as lola and and bugs and just dance so um <laughs> one of my employees recently i was explaining to him what cohen does for a living he's like oh yeah yeah i went there and i saw the bugs and he had like lola dancing on stage with him too and i said yeah that was me 
So <laughs> that was one of the weirdest like moments I've ever had was he's no way you're Lola Bunny and it's yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah. Okay. Should we do a little fucking history on Space Jam then? Please. Easy. So basically in 1992 and 1993, NBA All-Star Michael Jordan stars in two Super Bowl commercials alongside um, Bugs Bunny. And this kind of revives interest in Bugs Bunny as a character because there hasn't really been like much new Looney Tunes stuff in a good couple of decades. There's been like spin-offs of Looney Tunes like Tasmania, um, love it. Uh, Tiny Toons Adventures, also love it. But um, apart from that, like Bugs Bunny was kind of not really a, a hot property in the eyes of like filmmakers. These commercials are like a huge success. They were like obviously like the pre-internet version of being viral. Like everybody was talking about them. So Warner Brothers sees like cartoon like dollar signs in its eyes and it sets about figuring out a way to turn this into a movie because the merchandising rights alone are just like a fucking jackpot to them. Um, but then Jordan retires from basketball in 93, um, much to their horror. And he decides he's going to go play baseball instead, which is a far less lucrative prospect to them so the project just gets shelved anyway sure enough Jordan kind of tanks playing baseball goes back to playing basketball in 95 and the project fires up again apparently Spike Lee was interested in being involved in the writing of this because he'd worked with Jordan on the um, Nike commercials where he plays Mars Blackmon, his character from She's Gotta Have It. I think it's She's Gotta Have It, that character then. Um, but Warner Brothers weren't like interested in working with Spike Lee because he'd done Malcolm X with them a few years before and they'd had a lot of fallings out and they kind of viewed it as a disappointment. Side note to that, fuck Warner Brothers because Malcolm X is great and also a Spike Lee scripted Space Jam is something that I would literally give teeth to see. <laughs> Release the Spike Lee Space Jam cut. Yeah. Uh, anyway, short version on the original Space Jam is movie eventually comes out in like late 96 is a massive hit it does 250 million worldwide and like fuck knows how much more from merch sales like you know it's just it is a cultural phenomenon at the time and critically it's kind of tepidly received i think before we started recording coming you said this is rocking like what 44 percent on rotten tomatoes it's rocking a 44 on the tomato meter and a 63 audience score that's kind of surprising that it's as low as that on the audience score because i just assumed that this film was a lot more beloved than that but um it is in my heart yeah well exactly this isn't a movie for critics right this is for kids kids and their rich ass parents was this now was the first movie before or after all the looney tunes characters were all over like like everybody had t-shirts and shorts and hats and like the characters it were used in a way that was like you know how like now you get like peanuts characters and like hello kitty all over fucking everything like i feel like back in the 90s there was a period of time when the when the Looney Tunes characters were all over everything. <laughs> I kind of feel that was before Space Jam and that was that was what kind of kept the Looney Tunes in yeah. the public interest because they weren't making shorts. They weren't making Looney Tunes shorts anymore, but they were using them as like merch, right? They were mm-hmm. they were iconic characters still. So, you know, you can slap them on a hoodie, you can slap them on a t-shirt or like you say on a backpack. I think that was kind of like what kept the sort of franchise ticking over a little bit. Yeah, because they were trendy looking. Like they were a tr- sure. trend, I guess. There's like talk of doing a sequel and nothing materializes. Um, and we'll get into some of those sequel suggestions that they had later on in the show. But eventually, Le- LeBron James signs an entertainment deal with Warner Brothers, which is like based on the back of his performance in the Amy Schumer comedy Trainwreck, which, you know, he's actually pretty funny in that movie. Mm-hmm. He kind of gives a fairly good performance in that film. So he gets a, a first look deal, a Space Jam sequel. It gets the go ahead in 2016 with Justin Lin directing of. 
uh, Tokyo Drift fame and also F9 yep. fame. Nice. But he leaves the pro- he leaves the project in 2018 and it gets handed to Terence Nance, who's only like made a couple of indie projects at this point. So that's kind of an interesting choice that Nance ends up on a movie of this size. Um, he leaves the project a month into shooting over creative differences, uh-huh. you know, uh, creative differences again. And he's quickly replaced by Malcolm D. Lee, who is actually Spike Lee's cousin, weirdly enough. And, you know, like I say, he's made some hit movies. He made Girl's Trip, which was a huge hit and uh, a few other kind of shonky ones. Anyway, the movie eventually wraps up production in late 2019 um, and then it gets shelved when the pesky Panny D comes around. Eventually, this thing becomes part of Warner Brothers' announcement that all their 2021 titles will debut in theaters and on HBO Max at the same time. And thus, the film opens on July 16th, 2021, just as people are starting to return to movie theaters across the world, which leads us nicely into the box office for this thing's opening weekend. Oh, I thought you were going to say, when a new legacy was born, <laughs> hence the title. Hot vax summer. <laughs> Everybody's vaxxed and ready to watch a movie, and they have a selection of a few. So let's do the box office for this thing's opening weekend. Okay. So it opens at number one. Despite the fact that it's also available on HBO Max and you can like rent it in Canada or whatever, it's, it opens at number one. It does 31 million, which is 5 million more than the first movie did, albeit 25 years ago. But 31 million for a movie opening like on the tail end of a pandemic is not a fucking terrible number, right? It's also a family-oriented film, so it has a larger audience that people... It's getting people that are in like the adults now, it's getting kids, it's getting people that are fans, so it has a larger reach to like which makes sense why they made this movie it has a large reach because the marketing budget for it must have been insane i mean the the sheer number of tie-ins that i've seen for this movie is ridiculous but there was like a i don't know how long it was it was some kind of tv movie for teen titans go where they Mm -hmm. go to see space jam oh what i haven't seen that i want to see that i saw it listed in in something or other and i was like really (laughs) teen titans go see space jam what the heck yep uh number two that weekend black widow no anybody seen black widow yet no nah just me Okay, fine. Uh, it's fine. It's, you know what? It's fine. Uh, I didn't dislike it. I mean, as far as Marvel movies go, it's kind of just middle of the road. Um, Scarlett Johansson is currently in the process of suing Disney over that movie. Oh, yeah. Which will probably end up being more entertaining than the actual fucking movie itself, watching how that plays out. But um, Florence Pugh's really good in that film. Uh, David Harbour's really good in that film. Scarlett Johansson's kind of a non-entity in it. Um, you know, she's just kind of running down the clock on that one. I think she's sort of done with that whole fucking franchise at this point. Yeah. I'm sure it's a bargain at twice the price for them to like just pay to settle rather than, you know, considering what they probably made by doing a blended uh, release. Yeah, sure. That's another one that kind of premiered in homes, albeit for like $35 a pop. No, I'm good. Um, number three is a movie I have not seen yet, but goddamn do I love the first one. Escape Room Tournament of Champions. Oh, yeah, I want to see that. I was really into that first Escape Room movie. I've, like, seen it five times. A good time. It's basically what I want. Since Final Destination seems like it's never coming back, it's, like, replacing those feels. Yeah, I kind of worry that, like, this this second movie, I mean, again, you know, it's pandemic time, so it's hard to gauge anything, but the second movie is definitely underperformed compared to the first one. Um, So I kind of worry that this franchise might be, like, heading straight to Netflix from now on, which is always a trouble, but, you know. What's that show where there, it's kind kind of it it's like i guess it takes place in japan Digimon? and they're sucked into nope. like a digital world <laughs> Digimon. i think it's something in border alice in, Bo- in borderland or something like that alice in borderland good that show one, i really i really yeah. like that show that one's very escape room sure that that show was 
kind of brutal, way more than I was anticipating it to be. Yeah. I was going to say, back to the escape room with Looney Tunes, I feel like it would never end because technically they can't die. So it would just be like a very <laughs> frustrated mastermind yeah. not being successful. Get on writing that right now. All right, cool. Got I it. I want a script on my table Monday morning. Types away. Clicking noise. Your favorite sound. <laughs> Number four at the box office that weekend was a movie that myself and Cohen and Laura were watching in my lounge at 1 a.m. this morning. It's <laughs> F9, the fast saga, baby. It was great. I loved every moment. Ridiculous movie. Was it worth Justin Lin, Justin Lin leaving uh, Space Jam to go uh, work on it? I mean, a hundred times. Arguably, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Cohen, you're right. It's ridiculous, but just off the... Like, it's a cartoon. It's ridiculous in all of the right fucking ways. This movie is just... um. Oh, yeah. It's all about the family. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Seeing John Cena on the big screen again. I mean, medium screen. Medium screen, It's pretty yeah. big. You have a, you have a, <laughs> a medium big TV. TV you, gotta, you gotta really suspend your disbelief to, to uh, think that John Cena and Vin Diesel are... Spoilers. Brothers. Yeah. I ah, mean, different moms. I mean, <laughs> like, uh, what? I don't think it's fine. Yeah, the height difference alone is kind of troubling, but... Um, uh, they don't even have the same shaped face or anything. Like One had just heavy plastic yeah. surgery. There you go. Which is the next movie. Full of, like, face-off <laughs> kind of shenanigans. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do for Fast 10, man, because they got to space in this one. They get to... They have their own goddamn space jam in this movie. Where can you go? Dom rips off his face... It rips off his face and it reveals it's actually the rock the whole time. Oh, oh my god, Hobbs, why? <laughs> I mean, the only place they can go now is the afterlife, right? Are we going to get like, a See, bogus journey? Are we going to get a bogus journey, Fast and Furious, where they go to hell? Time travel. So then they can retcon. Crossover with cars. Cars universe. Oh, oh. <laughs> These are all fantastic ideas. Does that mean like that the devil's going to drive a car and they go in a drag race? Yes. Drag race <gasps> with the devil. Ooh, Get fucking like Rob that. Zombie in to direct this thing. Let's go. Yeah, don't even make it a, like, you don't even have to have a Fast and the Furious movie out of it. That's just a good idea for a movie. Somebody that has to drag race the devil. Sam Raimi, it'll be drag race me to hell. Oh, hold on. No, that's already a movie. Isn't that that Nicolas Cage movie, Drive Angry? Isn't the whole thing about that is that he busts out of hell in like a muscle car to go and fucking <laughs> save his daughter or something? You're thinking of Ghost Rider. No, oh, it's Drive not. Angry. Drive Angry. I promise you that's the plot of Drive Angry, or at least something to do with Drive Angry. Anyway, regardless, F9, it fucking rules, and it might be a good Renumbers episode at some point. Yeah. <laughs> it, it'll just be me and Laura. Nobody else will be taking part, but it'll just be me and Laura sitting there making vroom vroom noises, but whatever. Do you guys think you could get John Cena on? Yeah. <gasps> I would probably just be crying the whole time, and I was like, it was just really cool to see. <laughs> Number five this weekend was The Boss Baby, the family business. Oh, nice. Oh, good Boy. lord. Cool. Um, also, probably an episode, but um, I'm not willing to fucking watch it to find out. Uh, you got Alec Baldwin as a baby in that one. Pass. Uh, we got a bunch of other sequels in the top 10 because movies are just fucking unoriginal yeah. and nobody wants to see original IPs anymore. So we've got The Forever Purge in there, which in my opinion is the weakest of that franchise so far. I did not like that film. Um, we got Quiet Place Part 2, which I kind of loved. It was all right. The first one was better. It still does not address my fucking perennial question about them Quiet Place movies is what happens when somebody farts? <laughs> 
I have a, a really big phobia of bear traps. Oh, okay. I'm going to say farts. I really thought you were going to say farts. <laughs> no, <laughs> no bear traps. I you'll often catch me um, staring at my feet when I walk. Okay. And I've conditioned myself from a young kid. To look for bear traps. You you worry about there being bear traps in the middle of Toronto? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I feel like bear traps are one of those things that like m- movies and media teach you are going to be a way bigger deal than they actually are, like quicksand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure in one of those jackass movies, they stuck their arm in a bear trap. Yeah. And they were fine. Bam put his hand in one. They weren't. Well, okay. It was Bam Margera, so he wasn't fine. He wasn't fine after all. But um, disclaimer, people who are listening, don't stick your hand into a bear yeah, no, trap. Stick oh, him in fox traps instead. That's a much better idea. But yeah, no, just regardless, um, I agree that they're, they're a very minimal risk. However, if you run into one... It's going to suck regardless, so I'm not about it. As someone did in A Quiet Place too, And I had to do research for like a good 45 minutes about the risks of bear traps and, and fox traps and such for, for Laura's um, peace of mind. Oh, damn. Yeah. Just to appease Laura's peace of mind. Yeah. Wow. Did yeah. you have like a PowerPoint after? Where you like Yeah, yeah. I made a little presentation, sat her down Amazing. on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, this is the very specific ones that you are afraid of. These are the ones that are more common that don't actually have teeth. And I said, well, even the ones without teeth look like they're a bad time. And then so... I showed her the video of Bam sticking his hand in one. And I'm like, look, he's fine. Yeah, but he, got, he was in pain and two people had to release him. I am not two people. I won't be able to release myself. Anyways, listen, listen it's fine. She's getting <laughs> visibly anxious. I'm getting worked up. Okay, let's let's move on from Quiet Place 2. Other sequels. Uh, I mean, I guess it's kind of a sequel. It's a prequel. Same fucking difference. Cruella. Didn't, didn't see it. Don't want to. Yeah, just wasn't interested in that in the slightest. The plot is a, a lot to deal with. Is it an episode? Sure. I'd talk about it. Oh, okay. Duly noted. I mean, is it a prequel or is it a spinoff? Prequel that isn't quite in line with the movie uh, unless you want to imagine that epic girl boss Cruella ends up murdering puppies later for you mean she doesn't turn into Glenn Close at the end of the film I mean that live action (laughs) of 101 Delvations was I remember it being okay I don't I don't remember much beyond that Glenn Close is awesome as as Cruella my uh my friend from high school's dog was one of the dogs that played Pongo in that movie Aww. Remember that part in Cruella when she's like, you want to know how I got these scars? <laughs> <laughs> That's totally what the vibe I was getting from that trailer was. <laughs> anyway, also in the chart, we've got Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, who fucking cares? Peter Rabbit 2, The Runaway, who fucking cares? The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. I certainly didn't care when I saw that one. Um, and that's it. That's it for sequels in the chart. But that's still a lot of sequels floating around in that fucking box office this weekend. All right, let's get into this movie, shall we? I'd rather not. First question, why the fuck is this movie two hours long? Because they had to fit all the references. Yeah, they had to have like five different plot lines. That's why. But it just, it drags so much in the first act. Like I was checking the clock and it's like a good 25 (laughs) minutes before we see a cartoon character in this movie, right? Yeah, it's just, it's so much like hook that it's painful and it's like, oh, okay, yeah, he's trying to get the kid to like him, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But we just keep getting more scenes that are just trying to hammer this home and it's like, we get it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this whole, the whole plot of this movie is basically lifted wholesale from Hook, right? The whole thing about the, the bad guy steals the, the uncaring father's kid and becomes the surrogate father while the father himself has to fucking learn some lessons about responsible parenting. It's, it, it's like, it's Hook through and through. And I don't know how you guys feel about Hook, but I can't stand that movie. So, um, so, you know. I don't even get the reference to Hook. 
look, the whole time I was watching this, like, oh, this is just set up to make us care about the basketball game later. It's like, if it didn't, wasn't included, that means there would be no story. It would just be the game. So this is them trying to, like, get some emotion in it. Yeah, it's funny you say that, because, like, I remember when uh, Laura, Neth, and I were all watching this together for the first time, um, you know, we had a little get-together, and and everybody was, like, pretty on board with the fact that this movie was no good and as soon as the basketball mm. game started i was like all right guys here we go this is what it's all been leading up to this is going to be the saving grace of this movie <laughs> 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 yeah that's yeah sad trombone noise here i think um just uh yeah the basket i mean look there's no point in us trying to chronologically talk about the plot of this film the plot is very straightforward lebron james's son is a wannabe video game coder, but LeBron James wants him to play basketball instead. But on, even on that note, did you did you buy that at all? The whole time I was like, I really feel like I don't get this conflict. I feel like if they just talked, it would be over really quickly, but it's stretched out for the entire film. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and look, the, the whole Le- LeBron comes across. I don't know LeBron all that well. I know he plays for the Lakers. I know a lot of people fucking love him. Um... But he comes across straight out of the gate in this movie as an asshole, right? Like, the way that he treats his son, he's kind of a jerk to this kid, yeah? And I feel bad for his kid in this movie. And that's what happens when you throw your way a Game Boy. You lose your soul. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like with Space Jam 1, Michael Jordan was put in this way more, like, earnest, humble light. And then they make him, and then they make him look like an idiot at the plate. <laughs> at, the, at the baseball plate. And I think that's amazing. Sure. And I think that's kind of like Jordan has a certain amount of humility about some of the decisions he's made in his career. Like, and you know, I guess he figured he was going to be the greatest baseball player of all time. And it just didn't play out that way. Right. Because, you know, you pick one thing and you stick to it and you're good at that one thing. You don't play all the games in the arcade. You pick one fucking game and you play that. Right. But they use that storyline into like the original Space Jam. So like uh, Cohen was saying, it bought you into his character. But with like LeBron, you're just like, oh, he's kind of a dick. I'm I don't really like him i side with the son and then the whole movie you like don't really care about him <laughs> you just want to get to the game or at least have more bugs money i mean like the other thing is is that he he bullies bugs into not doing his thing and he's just like i really love the line where afterwards he's like no it's my way or the highway and bugs is like oh you're that kind of king huh and i was just like ooh. Yeah, Bugs kind of calls him on this shit, yeah? Like, LeBron just wants to save his son, and so when they're first on the ship, LeBron's, like, writing a list of, d- of Warner Brothers characters that he thinks would make good <laughs> basketball players, and I laughed out loud because I was like, ah, that's a good idea, actually, and then Bugs is like, nah, we're gonna get these guys, and he's like, wait, what? And I mean, with that, it feels as though um, LeBron is more elitist, almost, when Michael Jordan was just like, y'all need my help? no worries, I got you, we'll do this, and there is no, like, pushback on his, other than I'm not a basketball player anymore, you you should ask someone better than me. That's so humble, but, like, <laughs> here's the thing, does Space Jam 1 take, has, did that happen in universe? Yes, yes it did. Or, 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 was Space Jam 1 a movie within this universe okay so that's a that's like a fucking legit great point because the monsters from the first movie show up at the end of this film they're in mm-hmm. the crowd yeah. right so that leads you to believe that that happened in 
this universe. But if that is the case, why are all these Looney Tunes so fucking shit at basketball? You would have thought that they've they've literally saved the world by playing basketball, and yet they're all running around like a bunch of dumbasses in this film. Because they're loony. <laughs> <laughs> That's the answer. Well, then they need to shape up and and start taking stuff seriously. They said shoot the ball and he shot the ball. Is that not funny, Neth? Is that not peak comedy? Peak comedy. I'm sorry. I would argue too, because technically it's like if it's a whole thing like, oh, it's like riding a bike and they should be good at it. But like I rode a bike like recently and it's not like riding a bike. I like ran into like, it's like again, like it's like it's actually hard to go back to it and somehow get all those skills back. You have to like use it every day and like i'm assuming when they went back to like looney tunes world after space jam they didn't go like oh you know what let's keep it up i'm sure they just went back to their regular lives yeah that is a great point but they're fucking acting like they've never seen yeah. a basketball oh no they're before. not did you see grammy slam dunk that into the the friggin <laughs> evil knievel the ball into oh the net yeah God. Come on. So my problem is like in high school, I played a bunch of sports. I'm just getting back into them now. There's no way I am nearly as good as I was when I was a kid. However, I I don't know. I fully support the Looney Tunes. I think that they're a great team and they just are doing them. You're not letting them be them, Neth. In many ways, I'm LeBron in this scenario. (laughs) Um. Yes. How dare you? Well, and that's the thing Lola says is she, they go, what, like, Bugs goes, what opportunity are you ever going to have to play with a superstar basketball player? And Lola's like, been there, done that. Yeah. Like, what are we to believe? Do, did, like, did this happen to them? Were they in this life-threatening situation once? Or is Space Jam a Warner Brothers movie? I mean, if 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 it is, then that is the ultimate fucking meta joke in this film. In a film that is absolutely loaded with references to other Warner Brothers properties. If the gag really is, is that this is all just kind of like rotating around the fact that Space Jam is also a Warner Brothers property, that's kind of genius. Are we giving this movie too much credit for that? Yeah. Yes. Did they mean to do that? No. Is that going to be my takeaway regardless? Maybe. <laughs> I mean, most of this movie is Warner Brothers fapping away to itself and like, look, we have a cinematic universe too. <laughs> this thing is a 115 minute. And look, we are not treading any new ground here. Plenty of other fucking think pieces, podcasts, blog posts, whatever. have already said this. This thing is a 115 minute HBO Max commercial, right? Yeah. All this is is like, hey guys, did you know that The Matrix is on HBO Max? You should totally check it out. By the way, there's a fourth Matrix movie coming out later this year as well. You should go see that too. The Looney Tunes are going to be in that one, I heard. I, you know what? At this point, <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if the Looney Tunes just show It wouldn't surprise me if Pennywise shows up in that fucking Matrix sequel. You know, there's the whole thing about um, in Reloaded about how vampires and werewolves are just yep. like constructs of the Matrix, yeah? Fuck it, why not? Let's just have the Looney Tunes show up. They're constructs of the Matrix too. Uh, let's have fucking the Joker pop up in the Matrix. Why not? Cruella. No, that's Disney. Sorry. <laughs> She's got to pop up in the MCU. Don't worry. That's happening. I think what's kind of sad about this movie, though, is the real, it's like just hitting me now. It's like, yeah, we own this. We own this. But then it makes you realize, well, technically it was people that had an original voice that had like, that put that out there, that worked hard to make that. But now they're, their hard work, their effort is now just like plug it in. Yeah. HBO Max. Yeah. That's really sad. Now I'm sad about this movie. Yeah, because I was like, oh yeah, they own the Hanna-Barbera properties. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, sure. oh. 
the an- we uh, Laura and I watched the movie again um, a couple hours ago, and I noticed the Animaniacs are sitting on top of yep. Yep. their oh, yeah. UFO. Which- I was looking for them. It all comes down to money, I think. You have a certain amount of time you can show them, or like you have to get the voice like actors involved. Like for, I feel like it's like no, it's just worth it to show them and get that wink, wink, nod, nod without having to actually do the effort of like why we need to show them. Well, the other thing, the other thing that kind of bothered me was that in the original Space Jam, during the game, you see a bunch of like in in the crowd, they've obviously copied and pasted a bunch of times, but it's like background characters from the Looney Tunes universe. Okay, right, like characters that were in like the Bugs Bunny and Tweety show, which is the version of Looney Tunes I watched as a kid. Um, the sort of tertiary characters that, that you know, got one or two little shorts, they were in the crowd. And, you know, as somebody older now uh, who can sort of spot little details like that, it's like, oh, they, like I recognize that Looney Tune in the background. I recognize that Looney Tune. It felt like with this one, the cast of Looney Tunes was way smaller. Mm-hmm. Like it, it I, I don't know the exact number, what, 10 were there 10 Looney Tunes? Yeah. It was so weird that Gossamer was on the main squad. Yeah, wait, okay, we need to talk about that, because who the fuck is this red furry fucking thing? Oh, that guy. Oh, yeah. So Gossamer was in uh, Duck Dodgers, I think. Yeah, he was in one of the space ones. Yeah, yeah, Duck Dodgers. And Okay, I had no idea who that was. And then I'm pretty sure Bugs Bunny and Gossamer had a, a go at each other in, like, a haunted castle. Yeah, because... I think Bugs kept turning into a giant, like, monster or something. Um, but all I remember is him, like, turning into a barber and, and combing. And shaving Gossamer. Yeah. So Gossamer's not even, like, a main Looney Tune. Yeah, why is he there? I, I was, like, totally lost. I thought he was a character from the first movie. But, but here's the thing is I think Gossamer is probably one of the characters that was, like, in the crowd. Yep. Of the, of the first movie. I couldn't tell you for sure. But, like, he's that kind of side character. You think he, like... He, he like won a contest or something to like join the main cast. Oh, cute. It just felt like the cast of Looney Tunes was way smaller than I remember yeah. the Looney Tunes being. Well, I think what you're hitting at is that the whole like why we go to see this movie is like to see the Looney Tunes like play. Like they're like the main attraction. And what you're kind of saying is that they're lost in what they wanted to do with this whole Seververse. Like by using this whole Seververse, you lose like the heart of what pulled us into the movie or this franchise to begin with, which is the Looney Tunes. Like I had a fun time when LeBron showed up first into the Looney Tunes world and then you saw like Bugs Bunny a little bit sad that all his friends like left to go away to all these different branches of the like to Westeros or DC world and then he turns into big chungus for for a moment (laughs) oh yeah he does he does that's right he turns into big chungus at one point i don't know that reference (laughs) can continue continue yeah but no but like like the thing is though like for me that was a potential emotional crux of this but then they skirt it so fast like i thought there would be a bit more fun or like a bit more emotion when bucks bunny has to go back to his friends that left him for something better in the first place but no it's literally just like one of those high sequence things where you're getting the heist crowd again and it goes by too fast yeah i mean okay so we should probably say before we get to the server stuff that lebron goes off to a meeting with warner brothers and um they've developed an algorithm which is humanized I don't know portrayed is maybe the better word by Don Cheadle's character in this movie Uh, Don Cheadle an actor I fucking adore I think he's one of the finest fucking actors out there he's slumming it in this film but by god at least he's Mm -hmm. trying he's trying the idea is that they're gonna retcon a bunch of Warner properties to have LeBron in them Uh, so we have like Game of Thrones with LeBron Harry Potter with LeBron I'm like who even LeBron thinks this is a fucking (laughs) terrible idea right 
And side note, in this scene, we get not only Sarah Silverman playing one of these Warner execs, um, not unknown for her to do kids' movies. She's in Wreck-It Ralph. She's in uh, School of Rock, you know. But we also get Stephen Young in this scene with two lines of fucking dialogue, and that just made me angry because he is so much better than this movie. I, I know that made you angry, but a part of me is like, yeah, get that paycheck. This must have been a very easy day for you. I mean, it was the easiest job Stephen Young has probably had in the last 10 years, <laughs> I would imagine. Um, so yeah, fair enough. I don't begrudge him doing that, but at the same time, I just kind of wanted to see more of him in the movie. But yeah, anyway, so LeBron thinks this is a fucking terrible idea, and then they end up like going in the elevator and ending up somehow in the server room of Warner Brothers and getting sucked into the actual server verse and I'm using air quotes like a dickhead when I say that because it just sounds so fucking stupid to say it where Don Cheadle basically kidnaps um, LeBron's son Dom and sends LeBron off into Looney Tunes land to assemble a team so that they can play a game of basketball against each other purely because Don Cheadle says that he is being he wants to be fair I mean I don't know man that's not really fair picking like one of the all time great basketball players to play against you on a squad maybe it seems a little one one thing i feel like you missed was that um the algorithm was the one that put the pitch together for lebron and lebron said the it sucks. I don't like it. Like it's bad. This algorithm is garbage. Yeah. And he takes that personally, Don Cheadle. Yeah, I get Don Cheadle's motivation. He's the only person in this movie that actually has any kind of motivation, right? Like, um, I don't know. So, yeah, I mean, like, this whole pitch meeting where they're pitching him into all these Warner Brothers properties, uh, I mean, they've got a whole other bunch of properties they could have pitched him into, like Battlefield Earth, <laughs> uh, The Adventures of Pluto Nash, Halle Berry's Catwoman, maybe. Oh, imagine if they had that serververse, that part of the... Because they made it seem like Looney Tunes was, like, the rejected pile, but I'm like, I'm sure there's like another world like you said Catwoman world I was like I'm sure that's a sad world to go to you know what else is on that uh, rejected pile Jonah Hex um, that fucking Dukes of Hazard movie mm. is on there I mean they've got all these properties that they're just ignoring man why not dip into some of those what you're, you're ashamed <laughs> of these terrible movies you've made oh don't worry about it it's fine. I'm sure you can reboot them and maybe throw a fucking Matrix in there. I don't know. <laughs> throw LeBron in there. The thing that's so interesting about like LG Rhythm and Don Cheese's character is that it's like Warner Brothers made that server. They created LG Rhythm. That's theirs. So they're the actual villain. And a part of me, it's like, that's not even addressed at all. Like what this movie is saying is like, you, the one that created this movie, are actually the villain of this movie. But like, let's just skirt past that and just like look at the pretty Animaniacs. This is actually a massive self-dunk on Warner yeah. Brothers. They do not realize that they basically shit-talk to themselves in a movie, right? And, and I'm going to skip ahead for a moment. Um, when the basketball game actually happens, Algae Rhythm uh, does some cyberspace magic and actually pulls real people into the serververse through their phones. Now, stay with me here for a second. <laughs> Warner Brothers would get sued out the ass if this happened. Yeah. Do you know what it made me think of? It made me think of that fucking U2 album. Yes. Like, all these people have got this fucking Dumble thing on their phone. It's like, oh, this is another, this is another fucking U2 yeah. scenario where people just do not want this on their phone, and yet here it is. So, like, uh, I was saying to, to Laura, like, I know that the... Um the flight attendants got sucked into the the universe, but what if the pilot? Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm worried about that as well. As an unofficial, official, unofficial WB lawyer, I say that there would be a terms <laughs> of service that you would have to click on in order to get to the website that would <laughs> write away all of your legal integrity so you cannot sue WB. Also, that is definitely the pilot's fault. 
for being on his phone while while driving a plane. You shouldn't be doing that. That's not my problem that he chose an inappropriate I mean, they have autopilot, yeah. though. Like, it's kind of boring being a pilot. I'm just saying. I'm oh, just yeah. saying. <laughs> That was the exact thing she said to me, but like, can you just imagine? Like, what if you're driving your car and you've got your phone set up and you're so excited to see this game and then boom, you get sucked in. You're using the GPS and yeah, then you like, get a pop-up and you get sucked into your phone. And then and then your car is just left there in the middle of the road and it's going to get towed and pounded. Yeah, sucks to be you. You sign that shit away. Don't you come for WB you think, or you think my girl Lola. think Algorithm thought of that? Yes, he's he an too- algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> So Warner Brothers isn't actually a super evil meta corporation that will consume us all. Absolutely. As long as you click on that terms and service. I would just like to distance myself from any comments regarding <laughs> how super evil Warner Brothers are. And I think Warner Brothers are a great company. And I would like to add that I am available to work on any upcoming Warner Brothers projects should they see fit. Thank you. Laura, is my lawyer, does that cover me? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> I mean, Warner Brothers is practically the underdog at this point, which is weird because, you know, it wasn't so long ago that they were snatching up all those other properties. Where are all the Warner Brothers execs when this is happening? Yes, hello? Um, vacation. Oh, uh, just rolling around in big piles of money. <laughs> no, 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 but like in-universe, like wouldn't they, wouldn't they catch on to this? Do you think some of the execs were in the, were in the, like, um, audience? Probably. Maybe and uh, they were just, like, they were like, just let it happen. Let's see. Let's just see. We'll we'll have our legal department take care of this later. They're just praying. I mean, it's the whole kind of thing. That there's no such thing as bad publicity, right? Either way, this is this is a headline on Variety on Monday morning. So, <laughs> do you think that they were like hoping that LeBron would then um, keep everybody there because they're just like oh, nobody could sue us if they're in the serververse? Okay, but then the other thing. Sorry, I just can't get over this. <laughs> the the other oh thing God. is okay. you can cut this if you want whatever but no it's no it's fine this stays in I just Let's go. I just also don't get it because now Warner Brothers owns the technology to teleport you into their servers so they basically just discovered teleportation technology yeah but they got, he, they got it from the kid though of course they got it from lebron's son super mega genius mega mind so i mean he created the code so like i mean i mean the, the wb lawyers could probably sue that kid out of existence if they wanted to but <laughs> well there it is it's dom's fault does uh does does that mean that this dom kid is actually the fucking architect of the matrix and that's what this really is yes it's a prequel to the matrix Exactly. They're all getting all these people are getting sucked in. They're not there just for fucking to watch a basketball game. They're going to be power in this fucking thing. Next thing we know, this is all. Oh my a god! Matrix they just prequel. labeled the movie wrong. It should have just been the next Matrix movie, not a Space Jam movie. That's why they leaned so heavily into the Matrix references, as they were trying to warn us. Um. Anyway, let's let's move this plot along a little bit. Um. LeBron ends up in the Toon universe and finds Bugs Bunny. As we said, all Bugs Bunny's friends have like departed because Algae Rhythm has um tricked them to going off to other parts of the Warner Brothers franchises. Bugs Bunny has gone batshit crazy, which is kind of I wanted to see this movie instead, where Bugs Bunny is just a complete fucking nut. I mean, I know he's already loony, but I wanted to see him as be a complete fucking nut and just um LeBron having a deal with this character who is having like a psycho episode because all his friends have abandoned him i guess that's not the fucking movie we're getting but goddamn, i wanted to see Remember that. the movie passengers the i think it had chris pratt yeah i i didn't i dislike that movie but like the the thing where his character uh there's a glitch in his pod and he gets busted out of the pod 
and he lives for like a year by himself and slowly goes completely bananas and yeah and then basically kills Jennifer Lawrence by fucking waking yep. her up um, against her Creepy request fuck. and dooms her to die as well. Yeah, that is one sketchy fucking movie. Um, anyway, so so Bugs basically, he enlisted Bugs to help him put together this team. LeBron wants like Superman, King Kong, all the greats on there. And Bugs, Bugs has like other ideas, right? He wants to get yeah. all the Looney Tunes back together because he misses his friends. Even though he kind of obviously hates all yeah. of these people by the way that he interacts with them. like Well, Daffy doesn't seem to care when Bugs shows up. Daffy's like, oh, what are you doing here? Like, just... Well, he was he was supposed to be the next Batman. <laughs> and then that was ruined. How could he ruin that for him? So Daffy I guess he Daffy no was idea. supposed to be Superman. Yeah. Oh, Superman. Sorry. It was Bugs that was in Batman. He, he orchestrates a runaway train putting various people in danger, I guess, in the context of that world. Yeah, exactly. Oh, we're headed for the orphanage, of course. <laughs> I mean, look, for the most part, the animation in this movie is fine. I didn't have an issue with the animation. It looks great. I have an issue with when they turn 3D, but we'll get to that later on. Could they have not maybe just shoehorned in maybe like Jared Leto's Joker into this movie just for shits and giggles? You know, have him have him telling Bugs Bunny that we live in a society or whatever the fuck it is he says in that just this league I don't know, man. There was a Joker in there, wasn't there? Yeah, but it's but it's not one of the, it's not one of the crazy Jokers. It's one of the fun Jokers. I wanted to see like Joaquin Phoenix in there, like just fucking trying to shoot Bugs Bunny in the head or something, walking around with his hand over his mouth, going. And <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to give Jared Leto any more money than they have. To. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who who the fuck does? Um, side note here: when we cut back to Don Cheadle and he's like kind of telling Dom about how great his game is and everything, he says the line. Any device with a camera, I can see you. Anything with a mic, I can hear you. Oh, that was so creepy. Uh, yeah, spoken yeah. like a true internet predator, might I add. I mean, I feel like this puts Warner Brothers in, like, a weird light. I, I don't think this was the intention, but, like, it just feels like... Yeah. It, like, guess what? We're going to invade your privacy, and we're Warner Brothers. Imagine if we were, like, Facebook. <laughs> Um, we get all of these fucking like intercut little moments when they're putting together the team. We get a scene from Fury Road. Yeah, <laughs> so good. Oh, so we good. get we get fucking Rick and Morty show up for a couple of lines of dialogue. So bad. That was a tepid cameo at best. I was a little mad at that. Game of Thrones is in here. All of these things, might I add, are not for children. So what are they doing in this children's movie, right? Yeah. It's funny because when Laura and I were watching and they were like, we could put LeBron in Game of Thrones. I was like, oh, great. Can't wait to watch LeBron fuck his sister and then push a child out of a tower and paralyze him. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? It felt very much as though they didn't know exactly what they wanted to do with the audience because usually if you go for a younger audience, yeah. you just throw a little bit of, you know, double entendres in there. And then us adults are like, hey, hey. but um, I believe Cohen was saying this the other day, if they did like a Toy Story where they targeted Cohen and I's generation, where we grew up with it, we knew everything, then they should have just leaned further into that. I shouldn't have seen any Fortnite dances. I shouldn't have seen any kind of like nonsense <laughs> that makes me cringe. Yeah. It should have been targeted towards us. So they look... They got lost in that balance. It just did not feel right. Yeah, I felt like they took it too seriously. Like, they should have leaned into the 90s corny schlock. Yeah, there's like a lot of meme references in this movie, right? That yeah. just kind of are going to be very dated yeah. in like a couple of years' time. Dab. <laughs> Dab. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They do the thing of the guy fucking 
when uh, and we'll talk about it in a minute when the guy does the fucking rap battle when Porky Pig does his rap battle and the guy goes and Tweety goes past doing this just like putting his hands putting on his, his, face. his I face I was like oh for yeah. fuck's sake <laughs> I, I respect I respect that out of the that at least like Granny uses her Matrix skills later in yeah. the basketball mm-hmm. game. I was like, oh, okay. But I wish she didn't. <laughs> you know, like I wish she just didn't. I just <laughs> wish that wasn't in the movie. I wish there had been more of Lola using her Amazon skills, like, and the whole Amazon sequence kind of annoyed me because she you know oh sorry i didn't complete the challenge and then it's like oh it's just as much about character and i was like shouldn't that be at the end oh yeah but that's so wonder woman too though is to be like oh yeah you saved your friends what am i gonna do say no like that it just felt very much of her character where it's you're good i mean you can't have like a bazillion plot arcs but like maybe have daffy learning what it means to be superman or you know you didn't have to have every character in a movie but like it would have been stronger i feel like if the ones he did have called back to later in the basketball game to show that they acquired some skills by insinuating themselves into these different properties kind of thing yeah i mean daffy was the the coach right so i guess he could have used his leadership as uh, superman i almost said spider-man <laughs> <laughs> um just going back to some of these fucking other worlds that they visit the fury road thing kind of did make me laugh oh, yeah. dude. it was pretty the idea yeah, of like inserting roadrunner and wiley coyote into fury road yeah. is pretty funny Genius. i mean thematically it works right like thematically those things go together in a weird sort of way right i want that movie i would watch a wiley coyote roadrunner mad max fury road style yeah movie yeah please <laughs> please i will gladly take that Gritty reboot. I know you're watching me through the camera and you're listening to me on my exactly. algae rhythm. Brothers are already in, already in on this recording. Um, the Matrix thing. All right, come on. Let's just fucking let's get it out of the way. The Granny and uh, Speedy Gonzalez are characters in the Matrix. In this, not only is this a, a fairly dated joke, they make a Twitter joke as well. Oh, I just have to check my tweets. I'm just like, come on. <laughs> Seriously, it's 2021. Come on, think of something fucking funnier than that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it would have been funnier if she said, I'm watching TikTok or something. Like, exactly. I know TikTok's not. Yeah like something you should reference in a movie ever but because it's going to be gone in like three years right nobody's going to give a shit but at least that would have been way more current this is the point where the movie breaks for me this is the point where i'd kind of been rolling with the punches up until this point but it was here i was just like okay this is just too much now i was like i just started questioning what i was doing with my time with my life um watching this nonsense um, (laughs) doing this podcast i was just like is this really it (laughs) is there not more to it than this i I just want to say as someone who was really excited for this movie when it first was announced um i like tried my best to avoid like i told myself i was like i'm not gonna watch the trailers i'm gonna go in completely cold turkey blind i, I just want to experience it for what it is well i couldn't do that so i watched the trailers as they came out and i was like oh that's like some of this is really funny some of this looks really funny some of this looks fantastic and there's a matrix thing and it was just like oh dude like now i'm getting hyped now i'm getting excited they literally show the entirety of like the matrix scene in the trailer it's like yeah. Why did you guys blow your load so fast? Yeah. You should have teased it a little more. Like they just, I don't know. It ruined it for me because I knew it was coming. I mean, I guess again, it's just, it just comes down to that. They couldn't think of a better joke than just using that one scene. Right. It's like, it's, it's just a bad joke. It's not, I and mean, it feels like something that would have been in like a scary movie and it is in a scary movie movie, mm-hmm. right? It's in the first scary movie. They do the whole fucking matrix parody. Oh yeah. Why is, why is it here in this now? It's just like, I don't know. Austin Powers. Oh yeah. I forgot. They, 
I forgot they do Austin Powers. Um, I was like, ooh, is that owned by Warner Brothers too? <laughs> anyway, yeah. Okay, so you know what? Like, this movie is for 11-year-olds. No offense, Cohen, but this movie is <laughs> for 11-year-olds, right? Um, uh, you know what 11-year-olds love more than anything else? A reference is to Casablanca, a movie that came out in 1942. Is that even a, a reference for the parents or is that for the grandparents? I mean, look, it's, it's a reference for nerdy fucking cinephiles like me that love Casablanca and think that Casablanca is one of the best movies ever. But what it's doing in this movie, I don't fucking know. And I know like Looney Tunes back in the like 60s would make references to shit like this and it felt very much kind of in place back in those old cartoons. Here it just sticks out like a sore fucking farm, right? Does this sequence even have uh, it went by awfully fast. Did it have Hun- Humphrey Bogart in it? Because I don't think I saw him. Yeah, LeBron is meant to be oh. LeBron is meant to be Bogart. He's dressed up like Rick Blaine okay. in this sequence. See, because the original cartoons had some Humphrey Bogart, Bogart references in them. I think you know. I think the one where it's like, "Can you help out a fellow American who's down on his luck?" Oh my God! Hit yeah. The road. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like I-, I was hoping for something like that, but that's not how it panned out. No, nothing nothing that fucking artful in this film. Um, Don Cheadle is also pumping this kid full of steroids, or at least like the digital equivalent, right? Because this kid, this kid uh, Dom, is like, oh, I'm going to up my character stats yeah. to 75%. And Don Cheadle's like, 75%? What are we doing that for? Let's go all the way up to 100. You know who we haven't talked about in this movie yet so far? Pete. Pete. Love him. Pete. He's basically Clippy. That's a great way to put it, yeah. That's like the one fucking thing they couldn't license was Clippy from Microsoft, so... um. We get Pete instead. That's not his act. Well, Clippy isn't his actual name. That's that's just what people call him. He's Clippy. <laughs> um, I feel like they put Pete in this movie because a they needed the cute character that they could merchandise, mm. and b uh, Don Cheadle talking to himself wasn't interesting enough. Yeah, he had to have somebody. To, he needed somebody. To, he needed an underling to play off of. I kind of like the interaction between. Um, I almost called him Clippy there. But the between Let's just call Pete him Clippy and, uh, for the rest of the uh, podcast. <laughs> I really like the interaction between Clippy and Algy Rhythm. <laughs> I kind of feel like they have some of the best. And like I say, Don Cheadle's trying, right? You can't fault him for trying in this film, but it's just not enough to save this movie from being the mediocre film that it is. Uh, all right, look, let's get to the basketball game. We've kind of skirted around it. Basically, this all boils down to them playing each other at basketball, and we get the crowd that has been not only sucked in from the outside world, but also populated with characters from the Warner Brothers universe. A lot of them we've already talked about about there's uh, quite a few we haven't touched on yet first order of business i do not ever want to see cgi gremlins in anything <laughs> ever again no. as long as i fucking live if somebody sees this movie and goes hey you know what's a good idea for a movie a new gremlins movie but hey let's make them cgi instead of using puppet work fuck you go jump off a fucking bridge you gotta get the spray bottle no bad warner brothers no, no. i kind of feel like they needed a spray bottle a lot more than they got in this movie <laughs> Um, who else have we got in this crowd scene? We get Beetlejuice is in this crowd scene. Oh, I missed that. I must have missed that. Was he? Oh. Robocop is in this crowd scene. Um, like we say, we get all the Hanna-Barbera characters, um, which is fine. They're cartoons. I get it. They can come. You are invited, Hanna-Barbera characters. Animaniacs. The Animaniacs are perfectly fine to be there. They are animated Warner Brothers characters. It makes sense for them to be there. You know who it doesn't make sense to be there? Fucking Pennywise the Clown. Yeah. What the fuck man he, there are children here what are you doing i've seen that guy swallow a child whole do not have him around kids <laughs> oh i mean i uh, look we get fucking um the thundercats are in here for some reason oh yeah lionos there 
<laughs> Mama Fratelli from the Goonies is kicking around. <laughs> Out of all the characters that you're going to pick from the Goonies, you go with the the bad guy's mother. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, Agent Smith. Agent Smith is in there, and and we get the Penguin from Batman Returns, the Danny DeVito gross fucking iteration of the Penguin, and yet he has like nothing to say or do, and it's blatantly not Danny DeVito as well. It's like there's like an Adam West Batman in there. Yeah, there's all the Adam West Batman characters, but then we also have like the Jack Nicholson Jokers in there. Um, we have like fucking General Zod from Superman is in there for some fucking reason. Iron Giant. Iron Giant rocks up. Um, King Kong. Yep. I was exasperated by this point. <laughs> I just, I couldn't, I'm like, so when we saw Ready Player One. Yeah. Rosebud. I was kind of into the movie to an extent until they did that sequence in The Shining. That was so... When they go into The Shining just... and start fucking around with the fabric of that movie, I got very upset by Ready Player One and remained upset yeah. for the rest of the fucking movie. And I nearly yeah. had a stroke by the time we got to that battle at the end when fucking Chucky's running around and just no! But I almost felt like I was having a relapse into that watching this crowd scene. I just fucking... Mm-hmm. I couldn't process all of these things <laughs> I was seeing. The mask is fucking standing around. Yeah. You've got the mask and you don't even get him to drop like a fucking... And I know they can't afford to get Jim Carrey to do it. Fine, get Jamie Kennedy to do his son of the mask character if you're going to be <laughs> cheapskates about it. Yeah. They couldn't even get him to drop like a fucking smoking in there or anything. He just stands on the sidelines like a fucking dummy. I hated it. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, like, they could have had more interaction from all these awesome characters that are just standing around watching a basketball game, you know? And, like, they, they when they start the basketball game, they all start cheering, and I was like, why are they cheering? Most of these people slash cartoon characters have been kidnapped and placed there. Exactly. <laughs> Wouldn't they all be... Wouldn't it be crickets? Wouldn't they be like, why the yeah. fuck are we doing and this? And from the monsters, the little aliens are cheering for the goons. Yeah. Why? Yeah, they get disappointed when the when the tunes win. I'm like, wait a second. Well, they are their arch rivals. I but guess, at the end of Space Jam, yeah, they're like, can we stay with you, please? Like, we oh, that's right. We're loony enough. Yeah. They do the little, and then they become yeah, loony and then tunes. They do the little play. Well, maybe they're yeah. just resentful. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> spending 25 years with the Looney Tunes is enough to make you turn back against them. That's fair. Clockwork Orange. Did we already say that? Oh, yeah. Clockwork Orange. Yeah. There's fucking droogs. There are droogs <laughs> in this movie. What the fuck? These guys break into somebody's house, smash a guy's head with a giant penis and rape a woman. What the fuck are they doing in this film? Who thought this was a good idea? All right, okay. We need to talk about the one that everybody has been fucking going around on Twitter talking about recently. Uh, Megan, I know me and you have have spoken about this. Yeah. There is a nun stood Mm -hmm. near the vicinity of Don Cheadle's character. Mm Mm-hmm. And the the popular consensus is this is a character from the 1971 Ken Russell movie The Devils, which is a very controversial film. Uh, Warner Brothers straight up refuses to release it on any kind of home video format. I saw that movie on like BBC Two when I was a kid, when I was maybe like 11, 12, way too young to be watching that movie. But they drummed up a load of fucking hype about it, saying this is like the most shocking film you're ever going to see. I mean, in this day and age, maybe less so. But everybody's going on about this nun being like some kind of coded message that Warner Brothers are going to release a blu-ray of the devils my thought was just is this not just the nun from those conjuring movies Mm. that's what i thought because that would make more sense right they're a warner brothers franchise that is popular with people in this day and age 
Yeah. Nobody watching this, like teens watching this, are not going to be going, oh my God, there's a fucking Ken Russell reference. They're going to be going, oh look, it's the fucking nun. It doesn't look like the nun from The Conjuring, but like people who see this movie, a lot of people are probably just going to assume that it's the nun from The Conjuring. Sure. Which is what I did. Nobody's going to remember, oh, the costume is different. It's a fucking nun's costume, right? She could be from The Sound of Fucking Music, right? <laughs> like, Yeah, exactly. That's the problem is that the WB catalog is huge, right? Like, it could there there could be umpteen dozen different movies that have that's nuns have in HBO them. HBO Max. So, like, I don't know. I'm not completely sold on the idea that this is definitely the nun from the devils like until somebody yeah until somebody involved in this movie comes out and directly says yes that is a nod to the devils i'm not fucking buying it but neth you have to aren't you familiar with like any like franchise or ip that's like has a devoted following like the hardcore nature of them to like go into conspiracy theories or theories about any little like clue and anything is like a web in itself like rick and morty Mm. in itself will have like one thing that they mentioned one line and they'll be like it's this whole thing with like this (laughs) and i'm like i just saw that as a gag bit that was just a gag yeah okay if if any character were to transcend universes i think rick and morty that was an appropriate usage it was an appropriate usage but the cameo kind of sucked because they were kind of in and out of there Here's your Tasmanian devil, bye. You know, and it's like, oh, come on. Like, it's. Yeah, I mean, I at least wanted Rick to tell, like, Granny to fuck off or something, you know, come on. Or to haggle, to haggle, like, hey, I got your I got your stupid furry thing back here. How much you want to give me for it? I, I don't have any money. Well, um, that reminds me of what we were talking about the other night about how Pepe Le Pew is supposed to be in this movie. I mean, thank fuck he isn't. Megan, do you want to do you want to like, I, I loved that what you your idea about Pepe Le Pew last <laughs> night. Well, the it was apparently it was supposed to be in the Casablanca scene, uh, and Pepe Le Pew uh, sexually harasses a woman, and then she live action actress, and she smacks him across the room. Um, I said that it that the joke should have been they get there and they're like, okay, Pepe Le Pew, we need you for the basketball team. Great, you're on the team, and then he sexually harasses a woman, and they're like, you're off the team. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> oh, it would have been so good. And then they just leave him there. I mean, they're making jokes about people getting cancelled in this movie, so why not, you know? Yeah, exactly. Nath, did you have any else, any specific more things you wanted to say about the the basketball game scene? Get it all out. We're here for you. All right, okay, so here's my problem. Apart from the fact that this crowd is our fucking horseshit, here is my problem with the basketball game. There are no stakes in this game. Yeah. This is a stakes-free game because... It's yeah. rigged from the get-go. The fucking goon squad are just scoring, like, quadruple-digit points, yeah? Yeah. It just feels like this is just, like, a no-win situation, right? Yeah. So that wouldn't that be all the... Ri- like, I don't know. It doesn't establish very clearly what the rules of that universe is because they've recreated the video game yeah they're running on video game logic on the tune planet so at first for the first part of the game they're operating under the rules of the video game and because lebron didn't pay enough attention to his kids video game he can't remember how to play the video game which is you know it it tracks with the storyline but then it's like oh but we're tuned so we can do tune stuff and i was like wait oh okay so tune physics is also in effect now as well i mean it it just it 
And then, it, I don't know, it just felt like it kind of muddied the waters a little bit. In the first one, tune physics were tune physics. Like, they had that at their disposal the whole time. You know, they're, you know it was on their turf still. And, and But this one, it was it just kind of got confusing, especially since it was the kids' video game. But, uh, but Al, she <laughs> had made modifications to it. So it kind of was, but it kind of wasn't. And, and just, and he kept adding all this stuff. Inconsistent. And, yeah, it, it, got very confu- it got very confusing. Yeah, and I mean, admittedly, like, at the halftime point, when they decide, fuck it, we're just going to go out there and be Looney Tunes, that kind of pepped up this uh, mm-hmm. this game a little bit. Mm-hmm. There, there's a joke that was so obvious, and yet it kind of lands about them getting Michael Jordan in, and oh my god, yeah. it's Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of found that funny. Um, no. And he's like, oh, sorry. And then he starts quoting Michael Jordan from no, the first Space no, Jam movie. He doesn't. Movie. He starts quoting Friday Night Lights at them instead, which is, oh, even is fucking funnier. Is? Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, no. I, it's an obvious joke. I know you didn't like it, Kurt. That pissed me off. Because I, I was like, I, I, I was. Because I was, you got hyped. You were like, oh, he's finally here. Yeah, I got, I got so ready, dude. I, I was so yeah, hyped like, for oh, that fuck. to happen. And um, I just, yeah. I was like, this is going to save the movie. This is it. This is what's going to save the movie. Did you freeze frame it and replay it over and over? Yeah. It, it's like that Simpsons scene where uh, Bart is like, you could see exactly what frame his heart breaks at. Oh, yeah. And that was the that, moment. That was Cohen oh, when honestly. we were watching this. Yeah. You did seem very excited the moment they mentioned it. He, he was just like, they didn't. They didn't actually do this. Oh, my God. And then Michael B. Jordan shows up and you just see... <laughs> Like him deflate and slump back into his chair, and he's like, "Oh." I mean, look, I'm I'm happy to see Michael B. Jordan turn up in anything. I fucking love no, that he's guy. Great. He's great. Yes. Yeah. LeBron's like, you don't play basketball. <laughs> and I really kind of loved that on um, Daffy's um, clipboard afterwards. It was just like um, wrong Michael Jordan trade Sylvester. <laughs> yeah, trade Sylvester. <laughs> Like, yeah. there were some really good jokes in there that I have laughed at, and, sure. you know, Conan and I just watched it a little bit ago, and I laughed again, yeah. so there are gems, yeah. it's just you gotta rifle through a oh, lot yeah. of trash. Oh yeah, you've gotta fucking dig for the good jokes, but there are a few of them. They do a wrap-off. Oh god, and this is what fucking film. stops the basketball <laughs> scene dead for me, is when Porky Pig decides to do a fucking no, no, rap battle. Sorry, not Porky Pig, Notorious P.I.G. Even worse joke. Notorious P.I.G. You can't fucking shit on the Michael B. Jordan joke and then give credence to any kind of Notorious P.I.G. <laughs> reference in this movie, because it's just not happening, I'm sorry. Not allowing it. It's almost as iconically bad as the um it was I think it was a fucking rapping dog in the animated Titanic. <laughs> oh my God, movie. I love that scene. It was a bad scene to begin with, and then it, they did a terrible dub of the goddamn thing, so it was terrible oh. twice over and like people were like, Oh, I want to see the uncut version, and then they watched oh, it. Megan, I'm like, so no. glad you brought that okay. up. I just I love that scene. <laughs> Just so it, much. What it reminded me of. I'm like, oh, this is painful to watch. Um, they drop a fucking Training Day reference in here as well. Again, another movie. Not, oh, really? You know, the fucking R-rated, adult-orientated thriller from 20 years ago that, you know, all the kids are clamoring to get that Training Day love in there. It's like fucking... No, I I, I understand why you got exasperated. Because, like, what you're doing right now is, like, how I felt. Where, like, you forget the story, and it's become a point where, like, hey, I know that person. Oh, where is this from? Like, is this a, is this just a reference to this? So your, your mind just goes to picking out the Easter eggs rather than 
being focused on like, oh yes, there's a story that they were trying to tell. Yeah, abs- and that is absolutely my problem with this film is it's just Easter eggs. All it fucking is is Easter egg, Easter egg, Easter egg, Easter egg. And it's like, I don't mind you dropping the occasional one here and there, but when it is just constantly bombarding you, it just absolutely ruins any kind of focus on narrative, character development, anything. It's fucking, I don't know. No, I was going to say the only movie that has ever done that successful, like successfully to me, would be the original Wreck-It Ralph movie. It is, yeah. And it's pulling from a very kind of specific frame of reference in Wreck-It Ralph because it is all video. And I never saw that sequel where they're doing like fucking internet shit. The sequel's like this movie, basically. Yeah. (laughs) It's a lot like this. In that first movie, they're very focused on video game references, yeah? Yeah. It doesn't Mm -hmm. feel as like as sort of scattershot as this movie feels for like pulling in shit. So yeah, I get what you're saying about that. Um, They fucking they win and Don Cheadle gets turned into a poster it's just <laughs> so stupid holy shit yeah they they reference a glitch that the kid Dom had pointed out uh, earlier in the movie that's in his game <laughs> he decided to access that I that code so like and then they had to do one of them had to do the double back move but like like one of them starts so LeBron starts to do it <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, this, this is it, Megan. It up well, I, like, I had lo- I had lost fucking interest by this point. It. I was just like, I don't care because they're like, oh, whoever does it gets deleted. But okay, like, okay, so the, sorry, I... like LeBron starts to do it, Bugs continues to do it, and then LeBron takes over again and finishes it, and then Don Cheadle turns into a poster, and I'm like, wait, so oh, and and Bugs Bunny dies, my I add as well in yeah. this fucking movie. Yeah, and I was like, wait. Wait, but they can they 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 did the move together, kind yeah, of. Sure. <laughs> I was like, wait, how does this work? Yeah, I sorry, that was a plot point that I I think we didn't touch on earlier. Is that Dom, the LeBron's son, his video game has a glitch in it, and as soon as the video game glitches, it deletes the entire game, or it deletes his character, or whatever. That's just shit. Like, it deletes can that happen? Yeah. I'm not a I'm not a video did- game programmer. I quite like video games. I mean, fucking backups exist, right? If he's not saving regularly, then yeah. He could have had an external hard drive of his Unity project file or something. Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, no, I guess like, I think I mentioned it like to Neth or into one of our other chats. We're like, it felt like this whole thing was reverse engineering of like, we want to get to this ending. Yeah. yeah. So how do we get there? And it's like the same thing, like that plot point. So they work backwards. Yeah, they work back like that plot point. Like they obviously wanted some sacrifice, some emotional thing with bugs. So they work backward to add, like, I don't know, maybe this is what happened, but it's what it felt like. Yeah. Where they put that scene with Dom. Every time we say Dom, I keep on thinking it's, like, Vin Diesel, but whatever. Um, (laughs) Exactly. But they had that one scene, I'm like, why is this so much time on this, like, video game scene? Yeah. And then, oh, now I get it, because they're going to use it for a pivotal moment at the end of the movie. But that scene happens in, like, what, 10 minutes? So early. Yeah. And we're, we're, like almost at two hours <laughs> it's very easy to forget that that happened and that scene was yeah. important and also can i just stress that this video game that he has made is just a blatant ripoff of nba jam and somebody's gonna sue this kid the moment he shows it to anyone it's basically nba jam but like the players can do a bunch of goofy cartoon shit also like i know i'm supposed to i, I know i'm supposed to side with dom because they're like oh 
he's just this old and he was able to code this entire game which is still impressive yeah but then for me when i saw his room and he had like eight screens and like all this high tech i was like oh that kind of makes you unrelatable because even any regular kid would not have like five monitors i mean his dad's rich right like i know i know he's, he's getting a job in the industry from a presi- position of privilege you know it's the age-old fucking story you were saying this uh during the break roddy that it's a reversal of that whole oh stop playing useless sports you need to get a real skill like programming and meanwhile instead of this one it's lebron being like oh, stop programming i want you to play basketball and meanwhile the kid is like you know like because his dad's rich he can afford to have all the bells and whistles on his like pc yeah and that's what makes it hard because it's like that's the crux that's the crux of this movie of like the dad accepting that this is what his son wants to do but like after seeing like sister act where like lauren hill is told yeah you can't make money like i could buy that like there's so many like yeah. people trying to make it in the industry and it's really hard oh did you just drop a back in the habit reference my friend yes it's an excellent sequel excellent it is i sing that song all I the agree. time disagree it's an <laughs> episode we're gonna do that at some point but we'll get into that on a we'll get into that at a different point but okay no i will fight you <laughs> For me, it's like if Dom made uh, uh, a program where you can attach a camera to your phone and then scan things, capture mocap from an object live, um, that program would sell incredibly well. Like that, he doesn't even need to make the game. He could just sell that program to gaming studios. He's already richer than Steve Jobs, right? With that program alone. The software patents alone would make him very rich. (laughs) (sighs) I guess that's why it's so hard to buy it. Also, it reminded me of the time where I just wanted to get like the Game Boy that had that thing where you could actually have a camera on it. A Game Boy camera. The Game Boy camera. It did look like that. It looked like the Game Boy camera. So like, it's true. He would have been rich off this Game Boy camera mocap. Nintendo, are you listening? Um, Okay, so basically, yeah, Bugs dies as a result of this move at LeBron Pools, but then... Yeah. You know, everything gets reset back to normal and Dom and LeBron reconcile and uh, Bugs reappears, therefore making his death have no fucking yeah. kind of consequence whatsoever. It doesn't explain. It's like, oh, because I'm a tune, And it's like, And he's yeah, just what? in the real world now, which is, you know. Yeah. Why is he in the real world? That doesn't make any sense. Wait. Unless they never left, unless they never left the computer. They're still in the computer. The whole ending makes no sense. Wait, did they actually even touch about all the people that were zapped in into their cell phone and now are back in the real world? Like, are they going, oh, that was just an average day? Like, one of aren't them, they not, like, traumatized after that? One of them looked like DJ Khaled. Was that... Am I getting that wrong? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> it was just... It went by so quick. I just... Because uh, um, I wasn't paying full attention to the movie. <laughs> um, but, like, the guy at the barber shop, I was like, wait, was that DJ Khaled? I don't know. I don't know enough about what that guy looks like. I thought they were going to make more DJ Khaled uh, references. <laughs> why, does WB own him? I don't know. Maybe. Warner Brothers owns DJ Khaled. <laughs> Maybe he was created by them. He maybe DJ Khaled is just is just an AI. He's just a, he's just a Looney Tunes character. He's like a Pokemon. He just says his own name all the time anyway. Megan just spitting those sick DJ Khaled burns this evening. <laughs> Holy shit. 
she's fucking coming. No, if you're making the all you have to watch is that one hot ones episode, and it's done. Yes, all all the damage. <laughs> um, and then basically that's the fucking end of the movie. What have we not? What have we missed? Uh, I mean, okay, Lil Ral Howry shows up as one of the color commentators, which is kind of cool. But also, again, oh, yeah. he's not given anything to do. I like Lil Ral. I think he's great in Get Out, but he's not really given any funny to do in this movie. So it's kind of a non-entity. There's an MC Hammer reference. Yeah, this is the second movie we've done this season that's got a fucking <laughs> dance to You Can't Touch This by MC Hammer in it. And also, on a Charlie's Angels theme, Bill Murray noticeably absent from yep. this movie despite being yep. heavily involved in that first one. This tisk. This movie yeah. could have used a little Bill Murray in it. I mean, look, okay, we haven't even touched on this, but LeBron James cannot act, all right? I'm just, I'm sorry. He's, I'm sure he's fucking great at basketball. I'm reliably informed by my basketball-loving friends that he is. <laughs> but he is just a fucking blank slate in this film, right? He's... Well, no, like you mentioned... Like, uh, to counterpoint, like, the, you mentioned they got him off based on Trainwreck. And when you mentioned that, I was like, okay, yeah, he wasn't that bad in Trainwreck. I think what it is is that the level of acting required to hit the emotional beats in this film, it's, he's not there. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Like, anytime he's having these heart-to-hearts, I was like, I, I am I supposed to feel something? <laughs> like, I don't. There was a lot more... For, he he had a lot more acting to do, I think, in this movie than Michael Jordan did in the first movie. Michael Jordan was kind of the he the stakes weren't for him, right? It was for the characters. They were the ones that that mm-hmm. needed yeah, to okay. win the game. You know, Michael Jordan was just there as the as the inspiring role model. You know, he didn't have anything to lose really by being there, and and it was just out of the generosity of his own heart. Anytime, like when they're in the dressing room, and LeBron was like, he was like, "I just didn't let you do you." Like to the Looney Tunes, I just burst out laughing. Like I just, it wasn't, <laughs> it didn't hit that emotional spot for me. It wasn't like, oh my god, LeBron learned a lesson. It was like, wow, he can't act. What it boils down to is he doesn't have a lot of range. Fair. I think like Roddy's right. He's yeah. he's good in Trainwreck. He's but he's basically just yeah. playing, you know, LeBron James sports personality in that movie. And here he's asked to do a lot. Would any of you guys recommend Space Jam a new legacy? I'm gonna go around and ask you individually, Megan. No. No. Laura. <laughs> Unpopular opinion. Yeah. Why not? Okay. Can you back that up? Can you back up your reasoning? You really... I don't know. Honestly, I I I agree with Neth where it's not... It's fine. It's a fine movie. I personally think it's worth watching once. Maybe on a Tuesday. <laughs> it's very specific. You know how you know those cheap tickets. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah you cheap. got the cheapo Tuesdays. It's a five dollar so, <laughs> movie. Okay, I get you. That's yeah. exactly yeah, sure. what I feel because yeah, it's going to be unfortunately it's going to be highly referenced in everyday conversation, right? It's not. It, it is what it is, and I was able to laugh multiple times through both watches. So. When we had the party where we had everybody outside, you know, super safe, um, <laughs> and we we all got to talk about it, and jo- that's going to be one of my favorite memories of all time. Sure, and it was that was fun. So this is a rotty I, answer. Wait, <laughs> oh, that's. <laughs> and I kind of it was it was fun doing that, but it was it was kind of heartbreaking to do that at the same time because I like we said I saw Cohen's little heartbreak while we were watching this movie. Yes. Um, Roddy, would you recommend it? <laughs> so you're saying it was worth it to see Cohen's heartbreak? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Um, we were with him, so he had a support team, and I'm glad he had that. Exactly. We were there to <laughs> catch oh, him as he fell. I would have done something drastic. 
<laughs> Roddy, would you recommend this? <laughs> I was going to say that. I was like, I would just rather go watch Annihilation again. <laughs> that is... That's now going to be my base now, if it's better than Annihilation. I thought for a minute then you were talking about the Alex Garland movie Annihilation. I was like, that is oh, such a random reference, but you mean Mortal Kombat <laughs> Annihilation. Okay. Mortal Kombat. See our yes, previous yeah. episode on Mortal Kombat Annihilation. There you go. That's like a Warner Brothers style plug right there. I think because the reason why is I had more ta- fun like pointing out like the campiness of Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Well, this one, it was more like it felt... I. It felt really cold, and I could see like every. I felt like I could see every business decision of why a character was in it or why a character wasn't in it, and it just that's why I couldn't relate. And like, it just felt so cold. And then for me, I don't go to movies to like feel a very cold and sterile experience. Um, Cohen, I mean, come on, I already know what you're gonna say, but would you recommend Space Jam: A New Legacy? That's tough for me because I feel like elaborating on what Laura said. Um. It's a great movie to, if you have previous history with the Space Jam, <laughs> it would be, it's a good movie to get some friends together and just rag on it. And that's where your enjoyment's going to come from. But if you're a genuine Space Jam fan and you watched this movie, <laughs> I, it, just watch the first Space Jam again. That's all I can say. I mean, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah. And, and you know, I was completely disappointed. I felt like they kept making the wrong decision at every turn here. Again, elaborating on what Roddy said, I, I it felt like the execs were like, oh, yes, yes, kids kids will like this. Oh, yes. Gotta stay current with the kids. <laughs> sure. They yeah. like to dab. Hello, my fellow yeah, teens. hello, fellow kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, and where was the space? I just, I know we didn't talk about it, but where was the space? It wasn't space, Jim. Oh, man, look. All right, let's quickly, all right. I'm going to quickly do this, and then we're going to do something, tack something a little on the end here, because we haven't even talked about it yet. Yeah. Um, I would probably not recommend this. I think, you know, just to echo Roddy, this is a really cynical movie. Uh, it just feels very calculated all the way through. There's no heart here. It doesn't feel like there's any kind of emotional value to this movie. What I would say instead is go and watch Looney Tunes back in action, <gasps> which is a fucking great movie and should yes, have just is. been the sequel to Space Jam, really, because... I would like to change my answer. <laughs> there you go. So, I mean, that movie's got Brendan Fraser doing, like, peak yeah! Brendan Fraser physical mm. comedy uh-huh. in it. It's got, Beautiful like, a, man. it's got a really good villain in Steve Martin in that movie who is fucking hilarious in that film. It's directed by Joe Dante, a filmmaker that I fucking love dearly. I mean, he's never made a movie I didn't care for. Um, just go watch Looney Tunes back in action. It is a better use of these characters than Space Jam New Legacy manages to be. But having said that, let's fucking quickly dip into, before we tap out on this episode, let's fucking dip into what the other Space Jam sequel ideas were that they never managed to get off the ground because some of these are fucking wild. So after the first Space Jam, they tried to do a bunch of sequels. They tried to like shoehorn in what was popular into a sequel. I'll just give you them briefly, but the first one that they tried to do was Spy Jam with Jackie Chan in the Michael (gasps) Jordan role. Mm. Okay. Oh my. Eventually, apparently, that ended up kind of becoming the basis for back in action. But holy shit, I would quite like to see Jackie Chan and Looney Tunes in a movie together. Because Jackie mm-hmm. Chan is yes. basically a cartoon character <laughs> himself, right? Like, he's like the he most. He had his own Jackie Chan of adventures. Of course he did. Yeah. That's true. That was an animated show. But he's also like one of the most animated human beings I've ever seen in my <laughs> life, right? Um, they tried to do Race Jam, which is a NASCAR themed 
race movie, uh, Space Jam movie. That would have been so good. There's somebody called Jeff Gordon, who I am assuming is a NASCAR driver. Number 24. I'm also weirdly a NASCAR fan. Okay. I'm learning <laughs> I have something a lot of new weird about things. you here. Um, I am also learning something new about you, my <laughs> love. <laughs> um, <laughs> they tried to do a golf-centric one with Tiger Woods, probably for the best that they didn't do that in the end. Mm. And this is the one that I, Cohen, I told you about this when we were in a bar last night and the look on your face made it so worthwhile. Something that they tried to do and they never got it off the ground and I rue the fact that they never got this off the ground was Skate Jam with Tony Hawk. Yeah. Holy mm. shit, that would have been great. Neth said that to me and I, I, my immediate reaction was, and I quote, I would shit if they did that. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Mm. Oh my god. Like, if they did, because <laughs> I skateboard too. I've skateboarded for a good portion of my life, and um, I still skateboard to this day. So if they actually went through with a Tony Hawk Space Jam movie, that would be like the ultimate dream come true fantasy scenario. I don't, I don't want that for you, Cohen, because I feel like you would have another moment where you would have your hopes so high, <laughs> and then you watch it, and then be like, yeah, Tony Hawk is in it, and then it's some know, other person. You know what I would <laughs> want, though? You, have you guys? A goofy movie. A Goofy movie, too, I think? An extremely goofy movie. An extremely goofy movie. They have that um, part where um, Max is in a uh, the yep. X Games mm-hmm. or whatever. I would love to see that kind of idea, but with the Looney Tunes, and also, um, I can't remember what it was, but they got the um, Goofy on the the villain side, Okay. and Max was so betrayed because um, his dad was, was against them, so wouldn't that be, like, absolutely wild if Tony Hawk then switch to the villain side and they have to go against the the star instead of anything. And it kind of it kind of shows that there was so much scope that they could have had for doing a sequel to Space Jam. Why do basketball again? You did basketball already. Pick any other sport. It doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> wait, wait, do you think what happened was you know the whole thing with like the Warner three thousand of like Let's put your face everywhere. Do you think maybe it's based oh. on like real life experience? And they went to each individual like sports star and were like, "We got this idea for you." And, and they all told like, them to this fuck is- off. Yeah, it's called it's called deep fake. Uh, we're um, gonna yeah, use maybe. it. Now. Yeah. The one last thing I want to say before we wrap: it is a fucking travesty that they didn't use <laughs> Space Jam by the Quad City DJs to oh, open this movie. <laughs> they used it in the first trailer. A little bit to tease me, to to give me a little taste. Mm, space yeah. Jam, you know. And then they didn't end up using the song at all in the movie, not once. Why? Money. <laughs> and I think that gets to the very root of your disappointment with this film. I think we solved it, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cohen, thanks for joining us, man. I'm glad we got to talk this out. Um, yeah. I know. You, I know you had thoughts on this one, so I'm glad you got to air them. Thanks for having me on. I, I was just so scattered because I had so many things and so many gripes about this fucking movie. Well, that's that's what the movie was, right? It's so many things scattered together and mashed up into this basketball game. Yep. That was our episode on Space Jam A New Legacy, directed by Malcolm D. Lee. Next week on the show... A government held hostage. President and the others been safely evacuated. 
an undetectable moving headquarters. I'd like to call your attention to the highly trained men with the automatic weapons. They may be called upon to shoot you. There's only one problem. Any other heroes? The cook from Under Siege is back. I'm not even a good cook, but there are some things I'm good at. And things are really heating up. Oh my god, I cannot fucking wait. I've been waiting to do this one. This one's going to be wild because um, if you thought we had thoughts on Space Jam, holy shit, you wait until I get let loose on Steven Seagal. Yep. Uh, until then, we have been bad with numbers from Toronto, Canada. Thank you very much for listening. Stay safe out there. Goodbye. Bye. 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 find Bugs Bunny attractive when he'd put on a dress and play a girl bunny? No. <laughs> no. Neither did I. I was just asking.